Good morning, Lighthouse family, and happy Mother's Day to all you beauties out there. Look at you beauties. Yes, you. Woo! <laughs> all right, we are going to celebrate today all that Jesus has done for us. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, that means, let's listen for a minute. If anyone is in Christ, he or she, to be proper, <clears throat> is a new creation. The old has passed away. That means it's dead. Somebody say dead. Dead. All right. The new, sorry, the new has come. We're going to celebrate and sing about it. Come on, band, crank it up. Throw those words up. There's a dead man in the grave beneath my name, beneath your name. Mm, here we go. There's a dead man in the grave beneath my name. He reminds me of the day my life was changed. Mm, now it is not.
never fails me all my days I've been held in your hands from the moment that I wake up till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of
this world and she's pretty, she's nice, all that, all that stuff. Because she's nice and I like her. I love my mom because she buys me a new Beyblade CD. I love her because she's sweet. And she thinks Jesus loves me. And she goes back with me for when I get blood work. And to the doctor's office. She takes care of me. She makes me my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And she cares for me a lot. I love my mom because she cooks my food. Because she takes care of me. Hi everyone, my name is Sherry and I'm the Family Ministries Director here at Lighthouse. I just wanted to take a minute to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. And as a mom of two mostly precious kids, myself, I know that we've had a really challenging year. And I hope that today you feel loved, 
values and see that that you just have a wonderful day. Here's wishing you a hot cup of coffee that you do not have to reheat multiple times. Hey, get up here, buddy. So we're going to begin by just simply saying happy Mother's Day to you moms. And in fact, if you are not a mom, would you just step, stand up for just a second? Stand up for just a second. If you are not a mother, stand up. You're all, moms, you're always having to get up. You're always having to do something. We just want to give you a standing O. So let's give this to our moms right now. Apparently, your claim to fame is that you know how to cook. And even if you don't, your kids will still eat it because otherwise they'll starve. That's really important, cooking food. Thank it you, is. moms, for cooking food and not serving salmonella-based food products to your children. Yeah. Nothing Except says, for Darlene. I love you more. Darlene knows how to serve salmonella-based. No, we no. don't know Just about kidding. That. We love you. Stop and I would her. eat it, even if you did. <laughs> Just saying. Stop and and, and I think it's pretty safe. To, okay, you know what? We need to talk about the elephant in the room. We do? Yes. Jeff and I's wife dressed each of us, okay? Yes. Yes, we, we it coordinate. Happens. We like to be on the same page as much as possible. That's so not true. Yeah. Anyway, um, and, and we just want to say, moms, if it weren't for you, none of us would be here. That's obvious as well. Yes, it is true. probably one of the most thankless jobs in the world. You don't get days off. You don't get sick leave. You don't get hazard pay. No, you don't. You don't get pay at all. Often, no. And for that... Your kids will remember nothing other than the fact that you feed them food. That's so, it. Yes. Thank you. Yes. We actually had some children that actually decided to take the fifth when asked to uh, do the video because they hadn't had ample time to think about why they love their mom, which that in itself says something. We're sorry for that as well. Yep. Sorry on behalf of all those children that didn't take the time to be thankful yeah. for something. I, you know, we're just going to stand up here and talk yes, we're for like rip. the next we're hour or all so, morning. No. Because all of you have your kids in here, and I know you're just enjoying you're having them sit right next now, to you, no. and they're totally being angelic. No, it's going to be fast. Today gonna be fast. is going to be a celebration day. I've been looking forward to today for all, two years because last year we didn't get this. That's right. And, and, and on Mother's Day, it is the best time for us to dedicate our children to the Lord. And we have like five or six new children that are part of our church, and most of those moms were not available today, but we've got a family and a, and a son that we get to dedicate. Yes, very excited. And we excited. are so excited to get to celebrate with the Raidens and dedicate their son Anthony to the Lord. But before we do that, let me just explain really quickly why we choose to dedicate. Because I know a lot of you probably come from ch church backgrounds where you would be baptizing your children in the Lord when they're young, and we, we choose not to because we kind of look at baptism as something that is an outward declaration of an inward decision. Mm -hmm. And because of that, we choose to wait until a person is old enough to make a decision to call Jesus Christ there, to accept the gift of grace that Jesus bought from on the That's cross right. and choose to follow him as their Lord prior to what's going on over there. What's up, dude? Come on. I know. Yeah, I have sugar good. too. Um, prior to making that public declaration. And so we are going to celebrate baptisms today, mm -hmm. but we're not going to baptize any of the children. Instead, what we are going to do is we are going to dedicate them to the Lord. That's right. And I know, Jeff, for you, you, no. you, you have a long background studying kind of Christian education and how we raise our children in the Lord. And there's a ton that the Bible has to say about 
raising our kids in the Lord. There's a couple of verses that I always like to think about. And mm -hmm. the first verse I always find comforting is the fact that uh, the, the blessing of children, right? Psalm 127. The Bible tells us that children are a blessing, but what it doesn't tell us is how they will be a blessing, right? right? right. And that's kind of the challenge for us. It's like they are a blessing because the word of God says. The word of God says it, it's true. But how that blessing is, is it going to be a challenge in how we have to raise them? Will there be health or medical issues? Will it be an easy baby on the first one and then a tough one on the second? Whatever it is, one thing you can be assured of is Psalm 127 affirms that they are a blessing from God. And the second verse I always fall back on is Jeremiah 1.5. is the idea that God knew your child before that child was ever known by anyone else. Mm -hmm. The fact that he knit them together. Talk about the affirmation. I mean, none, most men in here are not going to understand knitting. But anyone who's ever knitted something, like you have to know what your goal is before you start knitting to get to that goal, right? And so when I read that verse again this morning, it just became so apparent to me, like, he knew what he was after before he even began on them. So your child has been knit together and is known and loved. And to that avail, Proverbs 22, man, that's my cornerstone. What is it? You have to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not forget that way, right? So training it doesn't just happen, right? If any of you have ever trained anybody before, uh, karate, for instance, you don't just become a black belt. You have to be trained. You have to go through the stages. There's physical endeavors that you have to pursue through that. And then there's a way that you're actually training them to go. If you don't show them the way, it'd be like going out and taking a walk in the desert or something like that. If you don't know the way, that walk in the desert could be the last walk you ever take. Hmm. And so, parents, you have to realize something. Even though they may stray from the way, if you've trained them to the path, to the way, the Bible affirms this, that even when they're old, they'll know how to get back to the path, right? And that's the commitment. That's why we dedicate babies. Jesus was dedicated as a child, and that's why we do it. We dedicate it because it's going to take a lifetime of bringing them back to the path, back to the path, back to the path, back to the way, so that eventually, no matter where they go, when they go, or how they go, when they stray, they know how to get back to the path. That's a really important distinction or, or clarification, because a lot of us could read that to be a promise or a guarantee, that if I simply raise my children in a Christian home or I bring them to a church, they'll never deviate from that. And all of us who have had children know that that's not true. That's for sure. True. All of us who have been children know that that's not our own journey. So to think that that is a guarantee Absolutely. would cause us to undermine our trust in Scripture. But when you begin to recognize it, as you sow seeds into the hearts of our children, even when they stray, those seeds are still there. And I think of like driving by Back Bay and how most of the year that land is barren and cracked and, and desolate. And then the rains come. In those moments where the storms of life hit or uh, just God's grace pours out on that place. And all of a sudden you drive by one day and the, the yellow flowers are everywhere. And so if we train our children the way they should go, even though they have free will and they will deviate from it, yeah. they will always know how to return. And I think that that's a really important thing for us to remember. Yeah. Don't see, don't see the dry, see the flowers, right? Totally. You got to see the beauty of it all. I, I, I left my Bible over here, but I, I, there's a passage that I always go back to. What's your passage? Well, because for me, the, the reminder is that we are not just dedicating children today. In fact, I think just as, if not more importantly, we're dedicating the parents for sure. 
to the responsibility of raising their kids in the Lord because far more is caught than taught. Mm-hmm. And you can say, believe this or, or trust God, but if they don't see it in your own life, it's like throwing those seeds and then forgetting to water it, right? They're not going to grow. And so for me, the passage that I always go back to when we were talking about dedicating families to the Lord is Deuteronomy 6. And there's a passage called the Shema. And it's a prayer that is incredibly important to people who follow God, both Jews and Gentiles, but primarily to Jews. They, to this day, pray this passage three times a day. When they wake up in the morning, in the evening, and when they're laying their heads back down to go to bed, this is the reminder, the very first words off of their lips. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then these verses point directly to each of us and says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Notice that it doesn't start by talking about what we're supposed to pass on to our children. It starts by what needs to be true of us. That's right. Because our yep. children will follow our, or will listen to our example far more readily than they will listen to our advice. Yep. And so we need to intentionally take a look at our own life, at our own journey, at the ways that we are currently modeling. And this is not intended to shame. This is intended to remind us that if we want our children to go in a certain way, they're watching our lives and our, and our actions speak far more loudly than our words. So these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Then we impress them upon our children and we talk about them when we sit at home and when we walk along the road, when we lie down and when we get up. All through the day, all, all through, through the, the night. We are investing in our children. We use words if necessary, but our actions speak more loudly. And so for those of you, and today we get to celebrate with one family. Mm -hmm. I know there's many other families that we're going to get to do this in, in the future when their schedules permit. But today, we want the opportunity to come around a family and not just dedicate their son, Anthony, to the Lord, but dedicate them to the responsibility, the wonderful responsibility of raising this man of God in the making into the man that God has created him to be. Not to become like his dad or to be like his mom or to be like his grandfather, but to be who God created him to be. And so I am going to invite uh, the Raidens to come on up to bring Anthony up here. We yeah. just want to take a moment to celebrate. Why they're coming up, I think when you said that shame, and this is anything other than shame, church. This is all about inspiration, Right. The opportunity to dedicate a child before the Lord is inspiring to think that this commitment that's being made today in front of friends and family, much like their wedding vow, is done. Come on up here, guys. We want everyone to see your beautiful faces and your lovely son is, is done to inspire the church and to remind us. We, when we come on Sundays, we're not just coming for ourselves. We're coming for the family of God, right? And this is another reason why we don't ever want to forsake the family. Hi, little Anthony. Hi, little namesake. How you doing, bud? Uh, he's been smiling at me all day, so I'm hopeful I get a chance to hold him and pray at some point in time. Yeah. Hey, um, John, would you like to introduce us to your son and tell us a little bit I'll about... I'll hold the mic for you. Hi, buddy boy. We're going to put you on the spot. That's how we roll. <laughs> um, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Jonathan, and I am Tony Mangrello's uh, son-in-law, as I'm sure many of you know him. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going to the men's group that we do every now and then and uh, meeting some of you. Uh, And this is my beautiful wife, Melissa, and uh, our son, Anthony. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our journey to him was uh, a miracle, to say the least. Uh, We tried for a little while and ended up uh, doing in vitro. 
where uh, that really uh, comes into where it shows how strong of a woman mo my wife is. Mm -hmm. uh, the stuff she had to go through uh, is just unbelievable and um, really empowering to show how ama amazing she is of, you know, if anyone knows about in vitro, it's shots three to four times a day for, for months and months. Mm -hmm. and uh, it's incredible, and so uh, it's pretty crazy. We got to watch him uh, grow from day one in a in a little lab and see him under a microscope, and uh, it's just something that you normally don't get to experience. And so it was a, a beautiful blessing, and uh, she has just done an amazing job of of raising him, and uh, it's been an amazing thing to watch it happen mm. and just have her continue to teach me. Uh, what it means to put someone before yourself. Mm. And uh, I said that in our wedding vows, and uh, I, I say it again, that uh, that's what made me fall in love with her, is to watch how she does that. Mm. A amen, but if you get me crying, nobody's going to be able to pray for the baby. Uh, so, uh, amen, guys. You know, Thank you so much. What a blessing. You know, what I love about that story is that some of us are wonderful accidents. Right, Mom? Right? <laughs> <laughs> but this one here, yeah. I love the intentionality, and I think of the same as, as those who go out to uh, adopt, that he knows that he was chosen. He was fought for the amount of effort you went to bring him into the world. And, and obviously, you couldn't decide what his hair color would be, what his eye color would be, what his personality would be, what gender he would be. You couldn't decide that. God had a hand in that. But you joined with him and said, God, we so desperately desire to be parents to him. And so I'm grateful for the gift that he is to you. And before we pray over him and dedicate him to the Lord, I've got some questions for you. Okay? I know. I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> yeah. It's okay because there's really only two answers, yes or no, and I'm pretty sure I already know your yes. responses. All right. So, John and Melissa, do you guys recognize that Anthony is more than a gift from God? He's a priceless responsibility entrusted to your care by his creator. Yes. And do you commit to strengthen your own relationship with God, recognizing that, you are, that your child is likely to follow in the spiritual example that you set for him? Yes. Do you commit yourselves to protect and strengthen your marriage, recognizing that in doing so, you are creating a stable environment in which your son can mature? Yes. And do you commit to disciple your son, both modeling and teaching him how to pray, worship, listen, and serve God? Yes. And do you commit to cultivating relationships with others who will support and aid you in training him up in the way that he should go? Yes. That's all you had to do. That's it. You guys, are, yes. you guys passed the test. All right. One of the things that we as a church recognize is that no, nobody is raised in a vacuum. And, and that as much as America and our society wants to tell us that we are all kind of little compartmentalized families, this nuclear family, the truth of the matter is we recognize that it takes a village to raise a child. And here, we love it. I mean, I, I'm so grateful I get to raise my sons in a church where they have moms and dads that aren't blood-related, but they're blood-related, if you get my drift, right? I'm grateful that I have like 12 mothers here because I need that many mothers yes. just to keep yes, me in yes, line. Yes, yes, you do. Yeah. Diane, you don't have to agree. Yes, we do. And so toward that end, what I want to do, and this is just kind of symbolic, but I'm going to invite your sphere of influence, your grandparents, your family to come on up here and join us up here because we want to surround you 
And we want to, we want as, as Pastor Jeff prays over you and prays over Anthony, we want to surround you and remind you that you are not carrying the weight of this alone. So come on up. How about you guys move right up here so they can come behind you. There you go. Just move forward right there. It's good. Come on up. This affects your filming, doesn't it, Bev? We're so sorry about that. Come on up here. Get your whole clan up here. Everyone get up here. Get a hand up. Come on, namesake. Anthony, meet Tony. Meet your grandfather. All right. All right, I'm going to move down here so I'm out of picture. And if you would just extend a hand as we pray over him. All right, Father God, we stand before you as one united family. On behalf of this young man, Anthony, Father, we know that you've knit him together, and we even heard about how he was knit together, Father, so skillfully and wonderfully by your hand. And as this family stands before you today, Father, we purpose all the days of this young man's life. We purpose all the breaths that he will take, Father, that he would be someone who can appreciate the love that his father has for his mom, that he'd be someone that appreciates the love that this family has for you, the Lord. Father, that the legacy that the Mangrello family has about being a family that's united in Christ would be continued in this namesake. Father, that you would protect him and that you would guide him all the days of his life, as Proverb 22 tells us, Father, that his, his path would not lead him so far away that he would never know how to return home and that when he is old, whatever that means to you, Father, whatever day and age that is, if it's possible, Father, for him to never stray from the path and we even present that to you, whatever it is that you have for this young man's life, we, we stand with open hands and simply say, Father, here is young Anthony. Do with him as you please. Thank you for the gift that he is and the blessing that he is to this family. And thank you for the opportunity this church family has to stand behind not only this young man, but all the young men and young women that are re represented today in what is an amazing day to stand before you with the most blessed and prized possessions we have, our children, and simply say, have your way with them. We understand what a gift they are. And thank you on behalf of your son, Jesus, for the work that he has done already in advance for this young man. We do it all and say it all in your son's precious and holy name. And all God's church said, amen. And I'm going to invite Sherry to come up for just a moment. We have a gift uh, for you and for Anthony uh, just as a way of saying that we are committed to helping raise him up. And we are so grateful for this opportunity to get to do life with you. Thank all you right, guys. guys thank you all. Or right, watch your steps down. Good. Love you. Grab the, grab the mic. Yeah. Hepe, why don't you stay up here for just a second as well? Uh, I want to. You, you saw her at the end of the video. She actually put that Mother's Day video together. So uh, this is. Come here. Come here. I know. Six degrees of separation. <laughs> This is Sherry, and Sherry is our, uh, our director over our family's ministries, and originally when we hired her into this role, her, her title was the director of our children's ministries, and it's one of the things I absolutely love is the fact that she recognizes that the responsibility that God has burdened her heart with is far more than just for our children, because it's for you as parents as well. It's investing in the entire family, not just into our children, and there's a... Um, let, let me just kind of give you a, a visual since we're talking about kids here. There are, I know, colorful, right? You guys can have these afterwards, but not yet. There's 168 balls in this bag. That is one ball for every hour of every week. There's 168 hours in a week. And I just want to kind of give you a visual for a moment. 
This ball right here, that's the amount of time that Sherry gets to invest in your children across the street, right there. The rest of this time, you're the primary ones investing. And the reason I show this to you, oh, and you know what, though? Sometimes you bring your kids on Wednesday night, so we get them for two, <laughs> right? So th that's not bad. But I just want to remind you that the primary spiritual leaders in your children's lives, the primary people that are going to help your sons and daughters grow up in faith, it's not standing on this stage. It's sitting in the seats next to your kids. It's sitting at home on the couch with your kids. You are the primary spiritual leaders of your homes. You are the ones who have been primarily entrusted with the responsibility of raising your kids up in the way that you sh they should go. And guess what? We are here to support you. She is tremendously gifted at coming alongside of you and encouraging you. No pressure. She's good at it. She loves it. She finds joy in it. That's why she's in the role that she's in. And we're so grateful that she's here. And we didn't want to pass up this opportunity when it's Mother's Day and we recognize this last 18 months has been pretty hard for parents. It's been pretty hard for our kids. I know for my, my family, my kids have suffered greatly and because of that, we have suffered greatly. I don't know if it's a bad thing to say, but we've had a lot more of these hours with our kids and that's been a, both a blessing and a curse, right? As we've been stuck in the house together. And, and 2020, I fully expected to be a year of great vision, right? And it was, but just not in the way that I anticipated. You remember that children are a blessing from the Lord? Well, this last year was a blessing. Because 2020 vision doesn't make things look more beautiful. It actually shows the imperfections. And I don't know about for you, but for us, this last year has showed us the cracks. And the things that if we had just been able to go on with life as usual, we probably would have overlooked. And years later, we would have had to pick up the pieces of those things. But now... We've had the time and are continuing to lean in and address this. And I'm so grateful for this last year. And I know that as I've spoken with many of you, you feel the same way. And so what I would like to do is if you are a parent or a grandparent who is raising children in your home, would you stand up for a moment? Because I'd like to have Sherry pray over us with this incredibly heavy responsibility that we have been entrusted with. And if you are not... If you are not currently raising kids, if you are not cur or, or, or grandkids, or, or kids that aren't your kids, but they're really your kids, if that's not you, would you just extend a hand to somebody who is standing right now? Because we could definitely use your support and prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you as a church, as family. And God, I just pray for your blessing over these parents and grandparents and aunties and uncles. Who are raising these babies. God, we don't know what every household looked like in 2020. We don't know the struggles that each mom and each dad and each auntie and grandma and grandpa went through. But you too, God. And so I just pray as we come into a new year and as we celebrate families and kids and moms today, God, that you will bless our families, that you will make Lighthouse become a place where parents can come and families can come and we can help equip them to raise 
the children of God that you have so graciously placed within our homes. I thank you, God, for this time, for this place. Thank you for loving us beyond anything that we could ever imagine. We pray all of these things in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys can go ahead and grab a seat. All right, Erickson boys, I told you you could have it. Here you go. <laughs> time flies. That was, see, that was a dad joke. And if you groaned, it means you got it. So I'm really glad that it didn't go over your head except for Jeannie and Charlie. And I'm sorry, I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't stop. All right. We talked about the fact that we don't baptize children before they're old enough to make a decision for themselves. But that doesn't mean that we don't celebrate baptisms. In fact, we love to celebrate baptisms. And quite honestly, this last year, one of the things I've missed the most, other than just simply getting to see your faces, one of the things that we have missed the most is getting to celebrate with our brothers and sisters when they come to that point that say, Jesus Christ is my Savior, and I'm going to choose to follow him as my Lord, and I want to tell everybody. And so today we're going to celebrate baptisms for the first time in over a year, and I'm so excited to get to do it. And one of the beautiful things about this is we've got four gals who are going to be dedicating themselves to God and getting baptized today. One of them is on the cusp of, of becoming a young woman. Three of them are already mothers who are investing in seven of our young boys in this church. The baptisms that we are going to celebrate today are monumental, both for the beginning and just the investment of the future. I'm really excited to do it. But before we get there, let me just briefly remind those of you, or all of us, why it is that we celebrate baptisms and what it is. Because the thing is, you're not saved by getting baptized. You're not. It is not some hoop that you need to jump through in order to be saved by God. We are saved by grace alone, through faith, not by any works, so that nobody can stand up and say, I've done it, I've arrived, I've been a good person, and I have earned my standing with God. We can't. We're saved by grace. And so this is not something they are doing in order to be saved. This is something they're doing to declare to the world, but more importantly, to their church family and their immediate family, that I am choosing to follow Jesus Christ. And the best analogy I can give you is that baptism is like this ring that I wear on my finger. And I wear this ring not because it makes me married. If I lost it, hypothetically, I haven't done that in a couple of years, but if I lost it... I would not cease in that moment to be married. But I wear this ring on my finger to remind me and to declare to the world that I am not my own. I belong to another. Baptism does not save you. Baptism is simply an outward public declaration of an inward decision. And that decision is twofold. That decision first is a recognition that I can't save myself. I can't be a good enough person. And so I need a savior who can save me. And I believe that Jesus paid the price for my imperfection on the cross so that I can be restored back into relationship with God. So I accept Jesus as the savior of my life. But it's not just that. That's just half the gospel. Because the other half of the gospel, the part that affects not just today, but tomorrow and every other day that we will draw breath on this 
sin-soaked world, is that we are followers of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord, and we are choosing to follow him. We're not going to do it perfectly. Anybody who thinks they're going to follow Jesus perfectly is lying to themselves. We're going to stumble and fall all over the place just like his disciples did. I love the fact that they're human and imperfect because it reminds me that (laughs) I belong too right? And if you're in here thinking you have to have it all together to belong in here, just know that we are all here, not because we have it all together, but we're here because we're the first to declare that we desperately need a Savior, and we choose him as our Lord. And so when they come up to be baptized today, they are declaring, I want Jesus to be my Savior, and I choose to follow him as my Lord. And the symbolism, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, the symbolism of baptism is simple. It is an identification of us being like Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. When we go under the water, it's us dying to that old self that lived for itself. And we're burying that old self down there underneath the water like Jesus was buried in a tomb. And when we come back up out of the water, it is reminiscent of Jesus being raised from the dead. And it is a reminder to us that the person that is coming up out of the water isn't like that old person. Like, like Shelley reminded us at the very beginning, you are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone and dealt with. The new has come. You get to live your life reflecting the heart of Jesus. As imperfectly as you do it, you get to live your life reflecting the heart of Jesus. And that is what we are going to celebrate today. And so I'm going to invite the four gals who are going to be getting baptized today to come join me. And while they are getting ready, you guys are going to be singing a song that has really become dear to my family and dear to a lot of us. And that is a song of blessing over our families. It's called aptly The Blessing. And so I'm going to invite you guys to worship together as we prepare to celebrate together.
Day to all the mothers and grandmothers out there. My name's Carol O'Mara. Many of you know me as Tim's wife, Maddie and Sammy's grandma, Amy's mother-in-law, 
I'm all of those things and many more. And now I'm going to become a follower of Jesus Christ. As a nurse for 40 years, I've always had a strong belief in God and seen many of his miracles, but I didn't truly understand what Christianity was. When Maddie and Sammy were small and we would come to visit here in California, we would come to church with them when they were attending Lighthouse Preschool. And that was the start of my path to today. Amy Aragon showed me the start and led us down the path to Lighthouse Church. I've come to love the community, my life group, and the pastors here at Lighthouse Church. And now I truly understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Granted, I'm just starting and I continue to learn, but I want to thank everybody for this opportunity and I look forward to growing in faith. Kids and our dogs just don't respect that those moments. No. <laughs> so, Carol, I am I am honored to get to join you in this. And uh, there's two questions that I have for you. The first question is this: Do you recognize that Jesus died for your sins? Yes. And do you accept Him as your Lord and Savior and choose to follow Him the rest of your life? I do. To the best of your ability, right? Yep. You're doing it perfectly. <laughs> well, then it is my honor, in the name of Jesus Christ to baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Raised to new life. <laughs> Good morning, Lighthouse community. My name is Carla, and I share a little about myself. I grew up in a Catholic home, and I was baptized as an infant. Growing up, we went to church every now and then, and when we did go to church, we only went for about an hour and we left straight home. We were never part of the church. As a kid, I learned the Lord's Prayer, Hail Mary, and a few other prayers, but we never actually read the Bible. When I was about 10 years old, I did my first communion, but I was never comfortable with the act of confession. I could not understand why I had to confess my sins to another man. All I really wanted to do was confess my sins and ask God directly for forgiveness. Needless to say, I only went to confession about three times my entire life. In my early 20s, I was filled with hate and anger. By the time I was in my mid-20s, I was tired of feeling that way. So I started praying to God and I asked him to help me get rid of that hate and anger. He helped me get rid of that heavy load off my back. He blessed me with the ability to forgive those who had hurt me. He allowed me to gain a better understanding of why <clears throat> certain things happened. I now understand he was preparing me for bigger things in life. He was making me stronger for the bigger challenges. <clears throat> Throughout my life, I always believed in God, but I didn't always have faith. That is until a few years ago. A few years ago, I felt very broken and I was in a really dark place. In a place so dark, I didn't feel like I was a good enough mother. I didn't feel like I was a good enough wife or human being. I felt like I wasn't doing enough with my life, like something was missing. Eventually I went to therapy and that helped a little. 
but praying and having conversations with God is what really got me out of that dark place. Looking back at my life, God has always been there. I just didn't realize it during those difficult moments. I can now reflect on my life and my past and see the different ways that God has always been there for me. God has always been there for me, even when I didn't feel like I was enough or worthy of God's love. Thankfully, I now know better. And because I am a parent myself, I have a small idea of how much God loves me. I'm so proud and happy to be a child of God. Having faith in God has always has been one of the best things in my life. I worry from time to time, but I am not as anxious as I used to be. I am a lot calmer, not as quick to anger. I am able to forgive instead of hold grudges. I now know and understand that I am enough and worthy of God's love. Thank you. Carla, I gotta say, it has been so fun to get to know you and your family, and I know that you're here in large part because of one of your neighbors, Marge, would not leave you alone with the preschool. And I, that's one of the things I love about our preschool is a lot of the first connections we have with families are actually through the preschool. And we are so grateful that we get to do life as family together. And right now, your sons and your husband are watching as you're about to declare to your church family your commitment to following Jesus. And so I have just two questions for you. Do you recognize that Jesus died for your sins and do you accept that gift of grace? Yes. And do you choose to follow Jesus as the Lord of your life for the rest of your days, to the best of your ability? I do. Well, then it is my honor in the name of Jesus Christ to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Buried in grace and raised to new life. I'm Samantha Erickson, and here's my story. Um, growing up, I was raised in a Christian family. I have two loving parents and three brothers that I adore. I attended church and youth group regularly. I don't remember when I prayed the prayer asking Jesus Christ to be Lord and Savior of my life, but I do know that I have done it many times since that day. Um, as a young girl, I was the definition of a lukewarm Christian. I always identified myself as a Christian, but on the inside, I was separated from the Lord. I was much more concerned with my friends and boys than all the drama of a young teenage girl's life. Um, as I got older, my likes and interests evolved, but my lukewarm relationship with Jesus remained the same. I knew I wanted Jesus to be the driving force in my life and to have this deep relationship with him. However, my heart wasn't ready to receive Jesus fully and completely. It wasn't until I moved to Corona Del Mar to be near my future husband that my heart started to change and I started to see clearly the work he was doing in my life. My brother Todd has always been a big spiritual influence in my life. Todd persistently persuaded me to, roll, to enroll in the St. Ignatius Spiritual Exercise Program at Loyola, Loyola Institute for Spirituality and it was a nine month commitment and though there were often times I didn't do the homework, for the first time ever I was reading the Bible, the New Testament to be exact, I learned about Jesus, who he was, what he stood for, and how he loved. I would close my eyes and walk with him. I also learned about Mary and her profound faith in the Lord. I have always had strong maternal instincts, 
and Mary's story really pulled at my heart. Her faith in God and love for her family was what I wanted to model in my life. So much of her strength and love reminded me of my own mother. The Lord gave me my own Mary. Fast forward a few years later, I was about to marry Tanner. We had so many obstacles in our way, but I always had faith that we would be together. I knew he was the one the Lord had set apart for me. And very, very slowly, God started moving mountains. And in 2012, in Laguna Beach, with all of our friends and family watching and my brother officiating, I got to marry my best friend. Not only did I gain a husband who loves the Lord, but I also gained wonderful in-laws and a wonderful mother-in-law who is a warrior for the Lord. About a year and a half after we were married, God blessed us with a beautiful baby boy, Indiana. And two years after that, God blessed us with another beautiful baby boy, Rhodes. And two years after that, God blessed us with another beautiful baby boy, Soren. The Lord wasn't messing around. I was ready for this. I had grown up in a house with four boys and I was still living in a house with four boys. I'm a boy mom through and through. In the hospital, I remember holding Indy and staring at his precious little face and I had this overwhelming feeling come over me. And it, it was like I was getting this tiny glimpse of God's love for me. Like, what did I ever do to deserve this? I often refer to the boys, all of my boys, as the deepest desires of my heart. God knows my heart, he, all of it, the good and ugly parts, and he still loves me so much that he would trust me with his precious children. I truly believe that because of the groundwork my parents laid in my life as a child, I was fortunate to go through life knowing that there was a God who loved me and was patiently waiting for me. So I am here today in front of my family and friends, and most importantly, my children, to profess my love for my Lord and Savior. Like a friend once told me, when you know better, you do better. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. You guys, you guys are missing kind of like the backstory here because we've got all four of the Erickson boys, three of whom, if we don't hurry this up, are going to join us in the pool here. So we might have the whole family get baptized today. So Samantha, I just have to say, I am so grateful uh, that we get to do life with your family. We love you tremendously. You're part of our life group. And so we do life on a weekly basis together, getting to watch these three young men that God has entrusted uh, to you and your husband grow up and mature. We love them and we are so grateful that we're family. And so I have two questions for you. Do you accept the gift that Jesus paid for on the cross and accept him as your savior? I do. And do you choose to follow him as the Lord of your life for the rest of your days? I do. All right, well then it is my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Next one, I'm going to get out of the way. And I would like to tell you why I want to be baptized. I want to be baptized because I believe that it is time for me to become a true follower of Jesus.
<laughs> she does. This is Sophia, and yes, this is my granddaughter, and she's eight, and it's wonderful to hear. Oh yeah, she's nine. <laughs> that was a grandpa slip, maybe on purpose, but we have a lot of fun together. Her, her life is fun to watch sometimes. Sometimes he likes to correct her grandpa, and there's sometimes she just hits her head and goes, oh, grandpa. <laughs> but her sweet spirit, she came to us a few weeks ago to her mom and dad and said, when can I be baptized? Why can't I be baptized? We began to ask her questions, and we said, why? And she said, well, to be Jesus' disciple. It was like as blunt as you could be. She has a tendency to tell you the truth when sometimes you may not want to know. <laughs> Grandpa, your hair is white. Thank you very much for sharing. So there are instances where it's been fun to watch her grow and get this big and to watch her grow as a young woman who really wants to be with Jesus and love Jesus her whole time. This is the amazing part of being a grandparent. So grandparents, aunts and uncles, your role is just as important. Please understand and know that prayerfully and hopefully we just all will to support you all the time in family ministries. Sophia, this has been a wonderful time and we're gonna do like we practiced. Okay, so you can hold my arm and I'm gonna ask you, do you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? I do. And do you accept the payment that he made for your life on the cross as your Christ? I do. And in that, <laughs> For that confession, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Oh, she knows. There you go. Buried with Christ and raised to walk in life. I'm holding it together. I'm fine. Really. Yeah. You know what? Let's celebrate together, folks. Why don't we all, let's call the worship team back up. Maybe we're going to celebrate with another song and, and do this together. Life is wonderful here at Lighthouse, and it's so wonderful to have a family. And if I could get my brother Brad to grab that and hand it to Kathy Nelson, it would be great. God bless you all. Yep. We're waiting on a bass player. We're getting in place. We have so much to celebrate today, don't we? Mm. We are going to get this going. <laughs> We've got a beat. We're going to sing about it. What we just witnessed. I was buried beneath my shame, and he raised me up. All right? I was breathing, I was breathing, but 
grateful that we got to celebrate together in person as a family. I'm grateful uh, that we get to dedicate ourselves to coming alongside the Raidens and other families as they're raising their kids in the Lord. I'm grateful that we don't have to try to do this by ourselves. We lean on one another, learn from one another, laugh with one another, and cry with one another. And I am so incredibly grateful that we get to watch as people make that monumental step of saying, I'm following Jesus for the rest of my life, as imperfectly as I might do it. I'm so glad you guys were able to stay out of the water, but I cannot wait till we get to celebrate with you too. It's coming. And so I just want to I just want to pray over us as a family before you go and celebrate your moms and have a family day, if you bow your heads with me. Father God, thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, that because of what you did on the cross, We are family. And you call us to do life together. You call us to bear one another's burdens. You call us to lean upon one another. And we choose to do that. We we keep our eyes fixed on you because there's a lot of stuff that could distract us, a lot of stuff that could overwhelm us. And we simply keep our eyes fixed on you. And God, for those who today as they were watching, going, man, I want to do that. I want to dedicate my child to the Lord. We want to do that. Father, for those who are saying, you know what, maybe it's time that I kind of take this secret out of the closet and I let others know that I am sold out for Jesus. Even though I don't know what that looks like, even though I'm stumbling along the way, I'm ready to publicly declare it. God, I pray that you would prompt them to let us know because we will do this as many times as we need to do this. But would you have your way in us as we now go and be the church with others in our sphere of influence. Jesus, in your holy name, amen. If you guys have a prayer request, you can drop them in the back. If you have an offering, you can drop it in the back. And then for those of you who might have gotten here late, not that any of you would have ever done that, 
If you're on California time or you're still joining us, we're gonna, gonna go ahead and put the, the Mother's Day video up one last time. But love you guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday. And we'll see you next week. I'm changed because of you. I'm changed because of you. I'm changed because of you, oh Lord. She's nice and makes me a lot of food. Hey, Mom, I love you so much. And I love you because you work so hard for us. You work so, it's, you're like the best mom in the world. Hi, Mom, I love you so much. And, I'm, and I, I know I haven't said this a lot, but thank you so much for working so hard from day to day. And all of this, all of what's happening right now is because of you. And I really, really, really care. I'm so, so happy how you um, care for all of your students and how you care for us as well. Because I can Because she, she brought me into this world and she's pretty, she's nice, how about all that stuff because she's nice and I like her I love my mom because she buys me a new baby I love her because she's sweet and she thinks Jesus loves me. And she goes back with me for when I get blood work.
and to the doctor's office. She takes care of me. She makes me my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And she cares for me a lot. I love my mom because she cooks my food. Because she takes care of me. Hi everyone, my name is Sherry and I'm the Family Ministries Director here at Lighthouse. I just wanted to take a minute to wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. And as a mom of two mostly precious kids, myself, I know that we've had a really challenging year. And I hope that today you feel loved, valued, and seen. That, that you just have a wonderful day. Here's wishing you a hot cup of coffee that you do not have to reheat.